0: Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software, and that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing, and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. All right, welcome back to the Built on Air podcast, season 12, episode 6. We were off last week for some scheduling uh, constraints, but good to be back with you. We've got a full house with us. I'm going to remove our banner here so you can see everyone. Myself, Dan Fellers, and Camille, regular host, with us today. And we have two guests with us, Cherry and Matt from AirOps Consulting. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: Good to have and you I with us.
2: Talk about Cherry, I know
0: you've been on before. Matt, first time yeah. for you. Welcome.
2: Thanks, Dan. Good to be here.
0: All right, and we'll get to know Cherry and Matt a little bit later in the show, but uh, we always kick off. I'll give you a rundown of what we're going to be talking about, some big updates from Airtable. So we've got a lot to talk about. So we always start with our round the bases of what's going on, keep you up to date in the Airtable world, then a spotlight on Onto Air, our primary sponsor. And then we'll learn from the AirOps team about some interfaces that they've built and award-winning interfaces as well. And then we'll do a spotlight on DocuPilot, a new app in the marketplace. And then a quick shout out to our community at Built On Air. And then Camille will walk through some of the latest features released in interfaces. So with that, let's talk round the bases. So I think we need to start off with the big announcement last week, last uh, Wednesday, I believe. Airtable has now trademarked Airtable Connected Apps Platform and really laid the foundation for what, um, you know, the direction that Airtable as a company is moving in. Um, I was pretty excited to watch this. If you haven't read um, either this forum post or they have a blog post on it as well that breaks it down. But pretty, pretty cool stuff. Anybody want to give kind of overview of what they announced?
1: A bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All the things. There were two-way sinks in uh, I think this is a enterprise beta there's a publishable, um, what is that called? I called it. The, yeah. data maps that was really exciting. Uh, we got a sneak preview of it at the Airtable leaders forum of what that will look like. So that was really cool. It's essentially a map of, all of the different databases and how they're going to be connected. And you can look at the map itself in different levels of detail. So that's good to see. Uh, Verified data is also interesting because I think right now it's essentially rebranding synced basis or synced tables, I think.
0: Yeah. It's kind of a different use case for, for the sync tables, kind Mm -hmm. of keeping them. Yeah. My understanding was you'd be able to create this library of data sets that could then be used, um, not as a sync table, but just other ways. Yeah. Yeah. This list right here, this article breaks out like what's available now and what's coming. So as far as like what's available now, Uh, They released the granular permissions, which I assume, Camille, you might be highlighting in your segment. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll learn about that. Also, a lot of redesigns that we'll get into later in the show. So a lot of big pushes for interface designer. Um, I think it really highlights that, you know, this is the future of how they view how they think people will interact with the Airtable data, really pushing heavy into interface designer.
1: Yeah and also setting some uh, restrictions on who better restrictions on who can have the data. That's something that our clients have been asking for forever.
0: Yep. Yeah. And we'll showcase that the granular permissions, because now you can separate and only give access to a interface and they won't be able to access the data set, um, the grid data, the new home screen that, uh, I, is mostly live. Does everybody have the new home screen or I think they're still rolling it out? I don't have it. You don't have it yet. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't have it either.
2: Yeah, me neither.
0: Okay. Maybe I guess it's still opt in for enterprise and then we'll be rolling out. I have seen it on one of my accounts. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's rolling out. So that's kind of a new way to, to organize all of your bases and workspaces. Um, Interface insights. So this is how interfaces are being used. So kind of similar to, uh, how all of your like automations insights and things. So they're adding support for that, uh, the verify the data map, the two-way sync. So this is, uh, opt-in or you have to request it if you're an enterprise customer and then it will be rolling out, uh, early next year. And then this last one is still kind of fuzzy, Apps by Airtable. I know, Camille, you had some questions on that. And the question was answered. So um, in the the long
3: history of fusing terms with Airtable, um, what is now called extensions was originally called blocks and then it was renamed to Apps. Now it's called extensions and that was uh, renamed again earlier this year, And that freed up the term app for uh, what it's now being used for, which is a base, its automations, its extensions, and its interfaces. So if it's all looking at a base, it is part of the app.
0: Yeah. So it's basically a collection of all of the components within Airtable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I think it's still very early. I don't. I think they still need to put some defining parameters around it, but um, it will be interesting to see. So this is why they hijacked the app away from the, the, the app marketplace because um, they had intentions of using it elsewhere. Um, but it's basically like prepackaged, like project management solution, or a ticket, ticketing solution, um, things like that is kind of the thinking. And it'll be kind of like a templatized like best practice starting point that you can still go in. So I don't think, I think it's still built within like the interface and the automation. So you can go in and make any changes. It's like, this is a starting point for a predefined application.
1: Right. To me, it sounded more like very robusted, robust and interconnected templates in their slides that they showed at the leaders forum. They showed multiple apps as part of an interconnected template. So for a marketing team, you might have a app template for your design part of the team. You might have a, a template for your social media part of the team. and I think they're really trying to push the interconnectivity between teams or inside of teams.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which is the next, you know, that vision of this connected apps platform um, that they're that they've trademarked. It'll be interesting to see. I, I'm really curious to see if that term picks up, if you know, Gartner does a report of companies in this space. If it does, if it does become, you know, like its own industry, that that's that would be a huge win for Airtable because they'll kind of plant themselves as the leader in that space. Mm-hmm. Any any overall thoughts on strategy where where Airtable's headed with this information?
3: Um, I think they're. They're locking down um, using Airtable in house for the team based uh, UI creation. So rather than using a third party to create a portal that your team internally looks at, they're trying to button up um, interfaces and making it connected to the other parts of Airtable so that you, you know sales and marketing and whatever can all stay in Airtable. And then it's still the case that if you want something that is customer or public facing, that is probably best suited for, um, um, you know, a a third party of some sort. So it seems like they're directing uh, pretty clearly towards half of the UI
0: sort of market. For sure. so yeah, lots to come. I like that they are laying it out. We get a glimpse into the direction they're moving in. Um, some of these are far out. honestly, based on what I saw, I think it's still very early in like the apps and the data map and the verified data like I would I bet it's mid to late 2023 before we those get rolled out. So I probably wouldn't hold my breath on some of these, but at least it's good to see that they're moving in this direction. All right, let's move on. So besides, uh, but yeah, definitely worth going through, reading some of the comments, lots of commentary um, and feedback on there, but let's move on. So a couple other things, this is from the Reddit community. Um, I always like when people put together kind of a, a, a demo or a tutorial um of real world case scenarios so here's one on change log for project management so basically keeping a running history of any changes that happen within a project management solution um so this is a air builder which he he puts together um I believe he works at Airtable and and this might be kind of more a side project he has a YouTube channel and and builds out um some different use cases. And so this is a good one we're checking out. Check out his video, links right there in the Reddit community. So if you are looking for a way to keep track of all of your logs, um, that's a good tutorial. All right, let's move on to Twitter. Um, This was one, this is a, a couple weeks ago. Um, And I'm gonna be talking about this in my segment, DocuPilot has been around for several years. It's kind of a a templated um, document solution. Um, And they just now released an app into the marketplace or an extension, excuse me. Um, You know, what's funny is if you click on the link that goes to theirs, they actually call it a block in their description which mm-hmm. tells me that they started building this many a long time ago and are just now releasing it. But yeah. After a I, long long wait. I still <laughs> refer to it as the blocks API.
3: So Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is still referred so um so, yeah, so we'll be talking about that, but there's actually several, uh, apps that got released. So they, they, they there's like four or five, maybe new apps in, or new extensions in the mar- in the extension marketplace. Um, so docupy is one of them. So that's good that they are, um, putting out new, new extensions and giving attention to the marketplace. So we'll talk about that one later in the show. All right. Here's one I just came across on Twitter. I don't know who these people are, but I am jealous. I wanted to be invited to this Airtable um, shindig or whatever it was, but learning Airtable at the poolside at some beach resort looking area uh, sounds appealing to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I to have a consultant's retreat <laughs> at the <Yeah>. poolside.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We need to do that. I I need to get on that. I've proposed a built on air retreat and maybe someday that will happen. (laughs) So I don't know who this was, but, um, Samar invite the built on air team next time. All right. One more from Twitter. Um, every once in a while we need to do, uh, do a public service announcement that, uh, Attachment links are changing November 8th. That's quickly approaching. That's like uh three weeks away. There's stuff I need to do on my end at onto air to, to make sure we're fully compliant with this. But um, anyways, this is uh somebody put together a tutorial, a YouTube channel, a YouTube, uh, YouTube video of how you can use integramat or make to um you to generate links that um, don't expire. So if you are looking for a way to use like public-facing links after this change with automations. So to summarize, November eighth. Right now, any attachment links uh, are publicly available if they have access to it, and there's no real security around them. Now there's going to be a two-hour, um, two-hour expiration on those URLs and so you'll have to like refresh to get a new one this helps to automate that so if you are in need of some kind of workaround to have public facing ones this video walks you through how to set that up and and make cool that is good that's coming it'll be interesting to see how many things break on november 8th All right, one more. Uh, This is you likely have come across Andy Wingrave, very, very active on um, Twitter, and he's also in our community. He posted similar on our community. Uh, I watched a little bit of this. So he did a Twitch, it was like two hours long. I did not watch all of it, but um, he basically built a base live um, and he's selling all of his games. So he has a bunch of like board games and apparently he's selling them to travel around the world and i was amazed cuz he had like 6000 board games <laughs> that he what? was selling huh. types of games maybe it was maybe it was other games um but i was blown away i was like wow he was showing his base of all of his games it was crazy
3: yeah so, you would you, you'd need a database for that yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it needs to, uh, should create a museum for that many games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see if he sells them, but he set up, uh, so if you want to see like a live, you know, how, how a consultant, somebody who knows Airtable pretty well, um, goes through the process, how they set up the base, all the automations, he has forms for like bidding. So you can put a, your best bid in to, to, to buy his games, all of that. Uh, he walks through it. And so if you want to see a live build in action, watch the, the replay of his uh, Twitch stream. So shout okay. out to Andy. Good luck traveling the world. Hopefully you won't miss your uh, games.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe yeah. I'll set up an air table for wedding planning. You got to keep yeah. a couple, surely you can't sell them all.
0: I know. I yeah, we'll see. Cause he's also he wasn't mailing them to people, so you had to like go pick them up from him. So that wow. limits his radius of buyers.
1: If he is traveling the world, so maybe he'll uh yeah. pick six suitcases <laughs> with him yeah. and yeah. drop them off around the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, he can do that. <clears throat> All right, last one. Um, this is from the uh, Facebook community. Jeff Haskins shares a base of Airtable formulas. Uh, I thought I'd give a shout out to him. And I thought this was kind of cool. It'd be cool to have like a public repository of common formulas um, that people use. And so here's a handful. Uh, looks like about 10 different ones. Um, And so this would be cool if we had like a community collection of formulas. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Yeah, Airtable has their own uh, version of this where it's like defining each formula function, but it's not combining several functions together, which is what this is, is doing. So creating like the progress bar in various colors and then the histogram one I've seen uh, in a couple of uh, uh, places, and I don't know how people originally figured it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a there's a, quite a few very complex combinations that I think a lot of people use, and this is a great idea to put it in one spot.
0: Van had to have been the original, right? Surely, because it sounds be exactly
3: like something he would do. <laughs>
0: I got to imagine he was the first to post a histogram.
3: How are they? Oh, is that a long text field, I guess, showing the formula in a code format?
0: It must be. Yeah. Right.
3: It's just, it's a, it's well thought out as well because it's, um you know, it's formatted. Yeah. It
0: gives you the example
3: of what the field will look like after you're done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so kind of cool. Maybe um yeah, we could maybe help out with this and add some more. So. so uh yeah, check that out. Um, Jeff Haskin, we'll put the link in the in the show notes. So that's kind of you know, obviously the big announcement. Um and um so that's kind of the future of where our table would be interesting to see. They are doing a uh a, Ask me anything on the 27th. Yeah. Yeah. A community discussion, community MA, MA on the 27th at 9 a.m. Pacific. So um we'll you'll get more in-depth demos and things of that nature, I imagine, on that show. So worth checking out. <clears throat> All right, that concludes our Around the Bases of what's going on in the Airtable communities. Keep you up to date, let's move on. Onto Air is our primary sponsor. It's an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. And it's a variety of different apps that do um, perform different business tasks. If you're running your business on Airtable, you likely will need Onto Air. So we are continuing our discussion of our big announcement. We are now in a private beta with a handful of um, interested customers getting feedback. It's great. We're still um, squashing quite a few bugs. So we're not quite ready to release it to the general public till we get it all cleaned up. <clears throat> but just quickly showcasing some of the things that, that um, you can do in there. Um, so this is the designer. This is what the form would look like once you uh, share it. And um, one of the field types that you can um, add is you can add a custom field and we have a formula field. And so this is a formula field that only runs within the form, but upon request, um, we decided that there are times where the value of that formula, you might want to save back to Airtable And so now with our formula fields and any of our custom fields, including our our text fields that can be populated with Airtable fields, um, you can now save them back to Airtable when the form is submitted. So you can um, generate a field, a formula and calculate something from your other fields and then save that back as a editable field inside of Airtable. So like a summary field. Or any kind of template field, wow. just select what field you want to save it to, and then once the form gets submitted, that will get uh, that will get saved into that field. So that's just one small uh, feature that is in the Ontario forms. And I'm excited to to continue to get feedback, and hopefully in the coming weeks, this will be publicly available for everybody to to start using. Um, I know Cherry and your team are likely going to be start uh, exploring this so yeah. excited to have you test that yeah. out
1: i need to connect um our testing base to the form
0: yeah yeah all right yeah, as well with jen also is is helping to test out so excited to have her helping out as well so with that sherry if you want to share your screen or matt sure. one of you want to share your screen we're going to learn about your uh, interfaces that you yeah submitted to the competition.
1: Yeah, we have a couple that we'll walk through today. So I'll walk through the legal nonprofit one and Matt will walk through a construction use case.
0: Yeah, if you wanna share your screen on the yeah. present button and Matt, you can do yours as well. Um, you can do it now and I'll add it when it's time. Okay. All right, you're live.
1: So here we've got our data uh, in the data layer. I think it's we'll hop over to interfaces in just a moment. I wanted to explain the story behind this use case. Uh, We worked with a legal nonprofit that helped with help legal uh, help victims of human trafficking. So either sex trafficking or labor trafficking. fight their legal battles in court, uh, mostly in the state of California. So they started using Airtable because lots of their data was in spreadsheets at the time. It was really hard to report because for any kind of significant grant funding, Camille, I would imagine you know, working in the public sector, there is a lot of grant reporting that you have to report back to your grantor. And in spreadsheets, they were having a lot of trouble with that. So what we had set up is we moved them over to Airtable. And when interfaces got launched, we were all really excited. Because if you ever done any kind of intake, uh, a normal intake might have 10, 20, 30 questions. A legal intake can have 150 questions. So initially, when they started using Airtable, they were using that expand record button to be able to see all of this. So the use case here is to be able to add a new client using a form. But once that client is added, it gets into a particular status and then you can do your initial screening. So in our use case, we had two stages of screening. The first one is that initial stage. So you're calling them, asking for maybe the most basic information and this is pretty customizable so you can put on 10 fields something like that and the gender race um, information every single grantor cares about nowadays so it's really helpful for reporting and then the legal intake stage is where this becomes really helpful for the client um, because once you get to this stage it shows up on a different section of your interface Legal intakes can once again be 150 questions. So it's really helpful to be able to see this on a form that is not just one question at a time. And they can very easily see what information they're missing or not. And then uh, once legal intake stage is completed, uh, you can move them over on to the cases. So there are a couple of buttons and in the cases you can select the case that you're using and scroll down to see information about the case again this is a very reduced set of fields but one of the things that they have to track is services provided as part of a case so essentially these are case notes or events that have happened in case and every single one is tied to a service type. So the service types and how, what kind of services you're offering is often what your grantor will ask for as well in that reporting period. So we've also created a simplified version of our reporting for this client, where you can see some top-level funnel information at the top on inquiries, who? how many cases are in the legal or screening uh, intake stage, and then how many cases have been active um, or are active at the moment. So you can see information based on status, you can see information based on race. And again, this is a reduced list, but any kind of grant funding category. For example, if the government is giving you a million dollars for a grant, they would want to know how you spent that money or how you spent that time for your employees. So let's say uh, if there were different categories for uh, social justice uh, related grants or economic support grants for a particular case, then that's information that can be reported on later on. So it really helped the organization, uh, our client actually get a lot more funding. So over the last two years, because they were able to tell their story on the impact they've been making and the number of people they've served and have trustworthy data to back it up, their legal nonprofit grew from two people or two people with an administrator to 18 people. So it's such an incredible story about growth and scalability with Airtable.
0: Awesome. This is cool. It's pretty straightforward. You got your dashboard, you got your input. Uh, I like how you have the dropdown so you can edit any record or create a new one. So you've got the full life cycle all within the interface. What, what uh, Were there any challenges in building this that, that you had to overcome?
1: I think the most challenging thing for this client was the grant reporting piece. And we still have little things that we tweak um, every quarter. So what makes it really complicated in this case, and this isn't built into the interface, but every single year. The grand reporting resets so in the first quarter everyone that came in you're reporting you're reporting on everyone that came in that quarter new people existing people people who um you've been working with for two or three years and then in q2 you have to count the net new people <laughs> so that makes it a little bit tricky because you're counting net new people, net new cases, net new services provided. And in some cases, you're counting net new people. In other cases, you're counting net new services. So it's not as clear as a regular quarterly reporting because in Q2, you only care about the services you provided. To people who are in queue, who had uh, entered your funnel in Q2.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, Cherry. Yeah. Matt, you want to share yours? Absolutely.
1: After Matt shares his, I have a quick announcement to make.
0: Okay.
2: There you go. All right, Um, so when we begin to think about making an interface, the first and most important question we ask ourselves is who we're actually making the interfaces for. And in this case, uh, we had designed this template as a usable workflow for a medium construction company uh, working in construction trades. And uh, these companies uh, often experience um, a very rapid growth and with that growth comes uh, new challenges with communication between different departments, um, managing uh, new clients and making sure that they're providing accurate pricing estimates to these new clients and also managing the actual boots on the ground and the uh, progress of the actual construction. Uh, so with this in mind, uh, we've dem- we've focused our interface on three groups within a construction trades company. So this would be uh, client correspondence, the people who are actually interacting with the clients. Then we have the pricing or assessors who are actually taking in the intake data from the client correspondence and making accurate estimates. And then finally, we have people who are managing the actual physical projects. So within the interface, the way we've set it up is each of these groups have their own interface. But to encourage more communication throughout each of the departments, uh, we set up this general project overview. And we like to think of this as a sort of table of contents for each project that a construction trades company might partake in. So this is a detailed uh, take thumbnail sketch of uh, the entire project. Uh, But the way we want this interface to be used is actually uh, from the beginning of a new client to the end of the client's uh, construction. So in order to do that, what we started off with the workflow is a intake form within the interface. And here the client correspondence team would be taking in information about new clients. Uh, they can choose whether or not it's an actual existing one in the database or not. Uh, they can input contact information for that client. So the people they're talking to uh, from their client company and then the actual details about the project information so this is all information that's uh, being originally collected and the use case here is to actually get the project assessed and making sure that they're providing the client with accurate and most detailed information so once we actually submit this form uh, we move over to the pricing and drafting section so They will be taking the inflows from this form and actually doing the assessment within this interface and here you can see that uh, you can select different projects here's some dummy projects we added in just to give you a sense of how this would be used but here you can actually assess the estimation Uh, you can let the client correspondence team know whether or not there's enough information that they've actually collected from that form Uh, they can actually assess the proposed budget for that project Any documents that were sent within that form can be viewed here as as well as uh, general information about the actual project, where it's located, uh, the type of project, if the construction company deals in multiple trades, uh, this would be especially useful. And then you can also see linked records to uh, the company client and also the primary content. So this is all inflow from the new project intake form going into the estimate, and then the estimate is making a more informed decision on how much the project's gonna cost, uh, what the project's gonna entail, or even if they need more information to make a better assessment from the client correspondence team. So going down here, uh, we've used buttons within the interfaces to act as a communicator between the different interfaces. Uh, So you can think of these buttons as Once they're clicked, uh, the paperwork or workflow is passed on to the next uh, department. So assuming that that the estimate team or the pricing drafting team has actually uh, prepared the budget and then has sent it to the client correspondence, uh, this will be done by pressing this button. And then once it's sent over to the client correspondence team, the person who is working with that client directly can actually uh, upload a contract here and uh, actually send it off to the client and mark it as sent using this button. Uh, I'm not sure if we have any actually uploaded yet. The uh, grid over here would be actually represent the different uh, projects that were assessed and that were sent back to the client correspondence team to get the project contract uh, uploaded and sent to them. And then once they received the signed contract, uh, again, this button acts as a way of moving the contract back to the uh, pricing and drafting team so that they can actually prepare now for uh, the handoff to the construction management. So just before the uh, project actually starts physically, uh, pricing and drafting steps and just make sure that the last sort of steps Uh, within this process are filled out and properly uh, documented before they actually send it to the boots on the ground. Um, So going back to the pricing and drafting, uh, this is the section that would uh, be next in our uh, workflow. And here they can look at the contract. Uh, They can, based on this contract, uh, assign a start date and completion date, uh, the estimated amount of labor hours they need to actually uh, complete this project Uh, any construction drawings, which are uh, very important depending on the type of construction trade uh, that would be using this interface. And of course the bill of materials, which is important in all aspects of construction, just making sure that all of these different uh, documents are all in one place and they're also uh, accessible to the entire team. So once that they have uh, this preparation underway and complete, uh, they would click the button again, and now this would be sending the workflow over to the construction management team. And we prepared their interface here, and once that button is clicked, the project would show up in the record selector. So it's all very controlled where they see which um, projects, depending on uh, the, where the project is at in the pipeline. Uh, here, the construction management team can look at all the information that was collected throughout the life cycle of the project. So we have uh, the address, who to contact, uh, then they have the uh, people who are actually uh, working on this project in the other departments. So we have client correspondence, pricing and drafting, and then they can actually choose who the construction management staff would be who are managing this specific project so they can also see the project documentation so we have one source of truth coming in here where uh, each of these departments are engaging within um, universal documentation so that there's no you know there's not three or four different bill of materials it's all uh, in one controlled place within the database uh, and then the construction manager can also set the construction status so depending on where it's at they can give an update on the percentage of construction complete and the other teams can see this within the general project overview. And then once uh, they get a better sense of what the costs are gonna be from this project, they can start to report it. And then we can see the difference in uh, what was actually costed and what was uh, estimated to be the project cost. So we have uh, better reporting functionality because the uh, pricing and drafting team can set the estimates and then whoever's actually there on the site can um, actually report what it actually ended up costing. So you can see how accurate your estimates are uh, within the pricing and drafting team. And the same applies for labor hours. So uh, when they were preparing the project for send off to construction management team, uh, you can see that the estimated labor hours versus the actual uh, labor hours can be calculated. And then you can see uh, the difference in labor hours. And if there's some major differences, you might want to uh, take a look at either your pricing a drafting team or maybe something happened on site, uh, just a good indicator of uh, something not being right if there is a major difference. If not, then you're doing a great job. So at this point, the construction project uh, would be finished through this interface and the construction management team, uh, it's up to them to fill out the rest of the remaining uh, fields within this interface. And once each project is finished, we also set up a reporting interface for this whole team. And here you can see uh, how well the client correspondence team is doing based on uh, the value of signed versus unsigned contracts. So uh, really we're looking at the potential of um, contract values here versus what they actually did sign over and uh, the contract price that they did actually acquire. Uh, You can see the average price of a contract, and then you can also see the uh, minimum and maximum signed contract prices here. Uh, And then this is the number of uh, signed project contracts versus unsigned. And then uh, down here, we just have some uh, other reporting figures. So the number of projects started in this year and we added a filter. So if you wanted to see how many projects were started in 2022 or even 2021, Uh, These are dynamically filtered, so it's just a good way of uh, keeping track of uh, where the uh, construction management team is going within uh, the database. So really what we want out of this interface is to show uh, these construction trade companies a way of uh, communicating and doing an entire workflow within uh, one interface space. So really our intention here was to have uh, a single source of truth, but also um, having clearly defined uh, roles within the interface and also um, transparency between those roles.
3: You're blowing Rebecca's mind, by the way. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I've got a fan in Rebecca.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's awesome. Very cool. cool yeah we won for the good story not uh not the <laughs> not the time and blood sweat and tears that matt put into the interface.
0: well that's what i was gonna say i think i would have maybe voted for this one <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah very cool <laughs> yeah there's a lot to digest there that is awesome though you can see the entire workflow life cycle all happening right here in these interfaces <clears throat>
2: Yeah, we're definitely excited with the way interfaces are going because I think that the fut in the future, uh, more Airtable bases will be using interfaces in this way, where you actually don't have to interact with the database um, that much, uh, especially if you're, you know, your tasks are, uh, you know, daily and well defined. Uh, if you have a good interface, uh, there's really no need to actually work in the database, you can actually just set up a good interface and do your entire workflow process within it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Cherry, we're what's the big announcement?
1: Yeah, we're building connected apps as uh, Airtable is trademarking the name.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Cherry.
1: Yeah. Late so on us. One quick announcement is that we are also launching a course. We've been working with um, Airtable for the last, oh, I've been using Airtable for the last five years, but also have worked with over 100 clients through our consultancy. So I'm consolidating all of that knowledge and information and expertise and putting it into a course to help other Airtable enthusiasts help their team and help their organizations um, avoid the pitfalls, but also just build a scalable database that can grow with their team. So. This is very, very early stages. Uh, We have started quite a lot of the filming, but if you're interested in staying up to date on the launch of the course, please fill in our little form here, which I'll share with Dan after. Uh, It's just going to collect some information on what kind of business, what they're hoping to get out of it. And in terms of what we're going to cover, we're going to really really emphasize design, implementation, and support. So for a huge part of what makes our consultancy successful is we take a lot of time upfront to help clients design their base and understand their workflows. For example, Matt's construction project you just showed or uh, the legal nonprofit, um, we always spend so much time upfront with the client to help them understand their workflows so we can actually build something that is really suitable to what they need. And I'm going to be also showing people how to design their bases, uh, the implementation around building a base, setting up interfaces, uh, automations, integrations, reporting. uh, It's a huge part and um, talk about permissions and sync tables. So that's our big, project that we've been working on for the last uh, few months. So you can see all of my raw content here (laughs) that has yet to be edited, Mm. but it really has been the culmination of years of work, uh, lots of thought put into it, multiple people on the team uh, working on this course. And we're just really excited to help other Airtable enthusiasts um, use Airtable better.
0: Nice. Is there a link on your website too, or will it just be?
1: Uh, we're channel? setting up the landing page as we speak, okay. so you're really getting the very uh, very early access. Early cool. access and
0: uh,
1: book announcement.
0: Cool. All right. Yeah, share that link with me and we'll we'll include that with our, sh- our show notes. So that is awesome. I've seen some of your other videos. You do already have an existing YouTube channel and have some great <laughs> content already out there. So this I like I assume will be more of the same great quality.
1: Yeah, I've always enjoyed making more long form content. So this is my avenue to do a huge brain dump. And yeah. I love teaching as well. Awesome.
0: Thank you, Cherry and Matt. And um, if you want to work with the team there,
1: AirOps Consulting, uh, what's the website?
0: dot uh, .org. Yep, there you go. So you can find Cherry and Matt and the rest of the team there. They do great work, obviously, of you as they just showcased. So feel free to reach out to them directly if you want to work with them. Let's move on. Uh, We're going to skip our app of the day. We'll revisit this one another day. I want to make sure we give uh, Camille time. So just a quick shout out. If you haven't joined our community, we would love to have you in there. Uh, BuiltOnAir.com slash join. We'll get you access to our Slack community of thousands of Airtable fans and users and asking and helping each other out and talking about everything going on. So please join us at BuiltOnAir.com slash join. With that, we will finish up with more interfaces. Can't get enough. <clears throat> Camille, tell us what's new. A lot. So
3: I, um, I'm i showing right now a very simple sort of um, interface. I'm just going to go through and just point out stuff that I've noticed that is new and some stuff I don't know if I have seen announced anywhere. Um, For starters, there's a new sort of overall layout um, to editing an interface or an interface page. If you don't have anything selected on the right-hand side, you'll see all of the pages within a particular interface. Right now, I only have one page. So you saw in Sherry and Matt's example, they had navigation up at the top that allows you to uh, go through the individual pages of an interface because mine only has one page right now there's no navigation up at the top we have uh, indicator icons to let you know that there is new changes that haven't been published yet in addition um, you can choose to hide something from the navigation bar again i only have one page so I, i don't have that You also can clear unpublished changes. So if you're messing around and you realize I actually don't like this new layout I'm designing, you can clear it away and then just stick with what is currently published. I don't think I've seen that announced anywhere, but that is very useful because there have been times where I've designed an interface, published it, then gone back and changed a few things and then didn't really like how I had uh, um, adjusted things. So I happy about that feature. And you also have keep as draft. I don't really know the implementation of that, but I believe that is also new and I haven't seen anyone announce it yet either. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to create a new page and start from scratch. You'll notice this is opening up in a modal environment. Um, I'm going to do, I think I'm gonna do record summary to have just a clean sort of page to get started with. Um, A lot of this process for creating a new page is uh, similar or the same as it was before. Um, Let's see, continue going. All that is fine. I'm gonna call this new page so we know what it is. Finish, and now you'll see I have the two um, navigation pages up at the top. Um, something to keep in mind, um, one of the biggest announcements that was made last week with regarding interfaces is now you can share an interface without um, sharing the base itself. So before you could click over here and then get right back into the base, if you have that option enabled or if you're a user that has been shared to an interface but not the base, you won't be able to do that. Um, it's important to note that that is at the interface level and not by the page level. So if you had a page for finance and a page for marketing um, within the same interface, they'd be able to click between the two. You would have to create one interface for marketing and one interface for finance so that they can't you know, navigate back and forth between them unless you've expressly given them access to both if you have access as a base collaborator, you can get to any interface page. So um, be very careful and um, aware of what uh, you're sharing into home. If someone needs access to any table, not necessarily every table, but any table in your base, you might wanna give them base collaborator access and perhaps not edit access to every field or table. Um, so a couple of things, um, have been changed. I think I wanted, I set this up not in the way that I wanted to. So I'm going to create another page. Actually, no, I can, I'm just going to break everything. So I'm going to change this to be, um, I think I'm going to change my source to be employees. All of these things broke. They should have, that was my, ball, my fault. I'm just gonna bring in a grid element and I'm going to make that source instead of coming from the record picker, I wanna pull from my time slots table. Um, and then as we're going, you'll notice instead of, while well, I'm clicking on a particular element, to edit its properties, there used to be a pop-up that would appear sort of on top of the element or a little bit off to the right. Now that is all in the right uh, sidebar. Um, and they, ha- they have two tabs, data and appearance. Some, um, some interface elements have very little that shows up under the data tab and very little that shows up under the appearance tab. So it feels a little bit silly at times going back and forth between the two. But things like the grid um, element and then the other list uh, elements have a lot that's under data, so I can kind of see why they wanted to separate those out. So um, what you can do from having a grid element on here, uh, this is something that you could also do in um, uh, Glide, which I talk about a lot. Um, You can put down a list component and then change the layout that it uses. So I'm just going back and forth between grid, gallery, timeline, and calendar. So I don't have to delete this element and replace it with another one. I can't remember how new that feature is. I think it came out around the same time. Um, The sort of important uh, bit uh, has to do with uh, view permissions and edit permissions. So you'll notice under filter, Um, I can still go and add a um, filter element and then hook that into the grid element and have it control them both. Um, Similar to before, you can have a filter attached to an individual list component. So if I wanted to say only show dates that are after today, I could do that here. Um, I can also change it to be only the viewer's records. So um, that is sort of a shortcut to a feature that was already present. Um, You can use both a collaborator field and an email field. Um, You can see here that I have a lookup field that is uh, being represented as an email, and I'm allowed to use that as my filter mechanism. So again, that's letting you show only the records that are um, associated with the person who is currently looking. So hopefully if I switch around, yeah, now I'm viewing as anonymous and all of those go away because I'm no longer Camille. That's no longer my email address. Those go away. I'm going very fast because there's a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, There's also um, you can uh, turn these things from view only to editable that has always been there. But um, there's this new option that is available in both allowing you to open record details. So um, I'm going to turn back on editable, editable and you'll also see there's set linked record permissions. So um, this list of records has two different um, linked to a record fields uh, appointments and employee. So um, um, you can adjust what people see and edit in the linked records based on the current page you're looking at. So again, this is only showing me time slots where I am in some way associated with them. And then I can further say, okay, but you can only look at or edit the linked employees to those time slots if you know, those employees have, you know, the name is uh, contained guy. So, I shouldn't be able to um, make edits to the record that is John Doe. Um, so, I can also turn on uh, that option. It uh, pointed me over to this new page that allows me to sort of replace the expanded record view. So now I'm looking at an individual time slot record and I can lay this out however I wanted, a sort of common criticism that I have had myself of uh, the expanded record view is it would um, take the first view that appears in your view list and use that as the field order um, that you would see in expanded record view and, you know, it, hidden fields weren't really hidden, you could just expand them. Now you have more complete control over what appears here and you can um, just like other places on the interface, you can change whether or not these fields are editable versus just um, viewable. And I brought up the original announcement thread because there are a couple of things that aren't in the current release, but apparently are on the pipeline. Someone complained, and I also had this complaint as well that the new expanded record view within the interface uh, environment is a full page versus having a pop up like it used to be. And sometimes it's useful to be a full page, and sometimes it's useful to be a pop up. Well, apparently, that's um, on the docket for a future release where you'll be able to pick which is the full, uh, whether it appears in a full screen or in a pop up. And then Kavon, friend of the show, pointed out that sometimes, um, you know, I want certain fields to show up and sometimes I want different fields to show up. And um, it really depends on context of how I got to the record. Well, and a future release is also allowing you to use multiple different detail layouts. So imagine you have an expanded record view that you want to only show to the marketing folks and then one that you only wanna show to your finance folks, you will be able to based on how it's possible to navigate to that uh, detail page, you'll be able to pick, okay, show them this one if they clicked this button, show them this one if they clicked another button. Um, And there's probably some more in there, but it was quite a lot to go through and a lot to understand.
0: Yeah, uh, there's so much in there they yeah. released a lot. Most of this is, is new, pretty recently. So
3: mm-hmm.
0: very cool. Thank you, Camille, for going through all of that highlighting it. Hopefully that was helpful uh, to everyone. And um, yeah, excited to see what they're gonna have to do a whole new contest with all the new functionality. <laughs> yeah, it's so
3: much is different <laughs> different now. Um, obviously Cherry and, and Matt and everybody has been able to create really great interfaces that worked for all these different use cases. And then now you have even more control over what gets seen and what gets displayed and when and then you'll have, more in the future. And there's still some things that I, you know, am lamenting that aren't there. Um, but, you know, I, I see them making improvements to some of the more commonly requested bits, like the permissions, I think was, you know, long overdue and people were really, really uh, hampering for that one. Now it's just a matter of, you know, pricing of it all because, Should an interface-only collaborator be charged the same as a base and uh, interface collaborator? I don't think so, but we'll we'll see what they do with that one. Because right now, that is important to know. You can have view or comment-only, view-only, and edit permissions for just an interface. And again, that is not allowing you to open the full base. If you have edit permissions, you're charged the same amount as if you were a base editor. Um, So just be aware that it's not necessarily a cost savings. It is a, you know, data privacy sort of
0: deal. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's important to distinguish. So great. Well, that uh, concludes our show. Cherry, Matt, thank you for joining us. Always glad to have you on. Thanks for
1: having uh, me.
0: Yeah. We'll see when Matt now has to rebuild his entire base or interface <laughs> with the new features.
1: Yeah, we'll for get the get next contest.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cool. Well, that's what we've built on air. Look forward to seeing you all next week. Take care, everyone.
2: Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Camille. No problem.
1: Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Thank you for joining today's episode we hope you enjoyed it be sure to check out our sponsor ontair.com and we will see you next time on the built on air podcast